You're listening to the Nothing But The Tooth Dentistry Podcast. Hello, we're back again. Welcome into the Nothing But The Tooth Dentistry Podcast. I am your host, Shane Simmons. I am the founder and CEO of Crimson Media Group, a dental marketing agency helping dentists live the lives they dreamed of when they became a dentist and not being bogged down by all of the stresses that can come with owning a dental practice. And the Nothing But The Tooth Dentistry podcast, for those of you who have just started listening, maybe you've got a couple episodes under your belt, but the the podcast is focusing on putting in patient acquisition systems for dental practices so they can generate patients on autopilot. Obviously, very important to keep a practice running and sustainable. But also, we like to talk about leadership and trends that are happening in the dental world. And that's the great thing about working in this industry, as many of you know and are probably finding out, is it's really a small world and there's a lot of connections that can be made and a lot that you can learn. And that's certainly what we're doing here through this podcast. So we definitely appreciate you hopping on and listening. Of course, uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. We'd love to know how we're doing. But today we have a really awesome story and guest. We're talking to Janice Dwan, a dentist and author out in San Diego, California. And you're going to hear our conversation. And Janice has a very unique story from where she comes from, some of the things and obstacles that she had to deal with, and how she actually found her passion for dentistry is really inspiring and uh, kind of gave me goosebumps just talking to her and hearing about her story. And I knew that this was something we needed to get out there. But what you're also going to learn is you know, how you can write a book in less than a month's time and use that to propel your practice and ultimately you know, show more people that you are the expert in your community. You are the practice to go to and use the book to leverage that. And that's what Janice has done out in San Diego. So without further ado, let's get into our awesome interview with Janice. Janice, thank you so much for being on the podcast and congratulations on everything. Thank you so much, Shane. Yes, it is so exciting. I'm so happy to be on here with you today. And just tell me, you know, what's these last few months been like for you? Obviously, in the dental profession, you're used to the ins and outs of that job. But having a book, that's, a, that's kind of a totally different beast, isn't it? It sure is because, um, you know, this is my first book and I don't really know exactly the steps. So we kind of learn as we go along. Um, we didn't realize or anticipate how long it takes to edit the final proof. <laughs> And then how to go live on Amazon, that took a lot more time than we anticipated. Yeah. Well, it seems like it's been getting a lot of great reviews and people have said some wonderful things about it. I've seen in the dental community, so it's really exciting. And first thing we're going to do is we're actually going to start with the book. And then I want to get into your backstory, Janice, because sure. when I first heard it, it was really inspiring uh, for me personally. And so I think our listeners will really appreciate that. But Let's start with the book, Keys to a Healthy Smile After 40. Why did you and your sister, who's the co-author, right, Justine, Correct. why did you two decide on that topic? 
Um, the reason why we picked that topic was because my sister turned 40. <laughs> and as she turned 40, she noticed a lot of different changes in her tea and her mouth. Um, and that kind of come along with a lot of outpatients in our own practice. Um, you know, we have a lot more older generations from like, you know, 30, 40, we see a lot more of those patients. We call them our ideal patient and we try to attract more of those patients to our practice. And they have the same common questions like, why do I have to come back to the dentist more often? Because, you know, when they were younger, they took really great care of their teeth and they only have to come in twice a year. And, you know, they thought it was fine. And when they get to their 30, their 40, they're like, I'm just going to come in every two year or two times a year, you know, and we saw that their teeth are worn out, they change color and they start breaking things and they don't understand why. And so, you know, our, um, our practice, we slightly different than um, a few other dental offices as in we educate our patient more. Um, we took the time to listen what's going on, but we also wanted to do more preventative dentistry. Um, so that's where it came about keys to a healthy smile after 40. Well, that's wonderful. And I think that's mm -hmm. something that a lot of dentists deal with is, you know, they, they love those patients in that range. But how do you bring up the, the topic of, of their health? And, you know, because it is sometimes a very um, touchy subject for some people because they're not used to these changes that they may be going through. And so what have you found to be helpful in, in educating and talking through that process? Are you doing that you know, several visits, you know, kind of leading up into, okay, this may be some things you need to do every little visit that they're having. How, how do you um, personally bring that up? So we actually have more success bringing it up with new patients. Um, so how it happened is patient would come into our practice, um, you know, they in their 40, 50. I actually have one patient that um, she's actually 52 and, you know, she's going through these changes in her life where she's like taking better care of her health. Um, you know, she's losing weight. Um, she's trying to get a better job. She's trying to go, you know, dating and things like that. Um, but she's always so embarrassed about her smile. So she has like all these darker color um, restoration. And when I first met her, um, she would just like talk, but she's always kind of cover her mouth when she talked to me. She has a distance between her and I um, because she doesn't want me to take closer look at her <laughs> and her teeth. <laughs> um, you know, things like that. And I would just kind of like, hey, you know, what's going on? Um, why, you know, why are you putting your hands over your mouth when you're talking to me? Like, it seemed like you have something going on. And she's like, yeah, you know, like, I want to make my smile better. Um, but I don't know how, you know, I'm in my 50. I think it's too late to do anything about it. And I looked at her and we'll just kind of like have that moment where we're like, looking at each other. And I was like, you know, it's not too late. And we talk about what she was looking for, you know, what does she want to improve with her smile? Um, how does it going to affect her confidence? Um, you know, how is she's going to do better in life? And so from there, it took a few visits of consultation. Um, but eventually, it led up to her wanting to do more dental work. Um, and she's at the stage where she's now financially ready to make more of that commitment. And, you know, we talk about it and that's how it came up mostly with new patients if they interested in that. And we would always have a process where we look into what is it that they're looking for. So with this 
um, particular patient after we did her veneers um, top and bottom. Um, she, you know, got a better job. She got a raise. Um, she's now a manager. Um, she's lost over 120 pounds. She's actually like looking into, you know, dating and actually going out there. So, you know, it's really fun and exciting to help patients like that. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think it comes back to what you were talking about. It's like you just genuinely cared. You took a real interest. And all dentists, I think, you know, most dentists at least, they care. They really do. Sometimes you get, though, you're so busy, you're in such a rush that it may not come off that way. It may just come off as, you know, you're sending things out to them like, you need to get this, 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 and this done. But when you really make that personal and it's like, you know, I truly care about you and your health, I think that. Um, certainly helps. And it's something that you obviously are are really great at, but Mm -hmm. you are passionate about dentistry. It's obvious and and your post and and the book and all these different things that you're in. Mm -hmm. Tell us your story, Janice. Why did you choose dentistry? And why is it that you, you love helping people so much? That's a great question, Shin. So um, I grew up in Vietnam. So, you know, at 11 years old, um, my parents just told me that we're going to go on a vacation. So I was really, really excited to go on a family vacation because we haven't been together for a long time. And, you know, trying to get off my toys, get everything together. And then we got on an airplane. And then the next thing I know, we were in another country called Thailand. And it was a refugee camp. And there was people around with guns and, you know, a fence. And basically, you know, they move us inside that area. And I would look around at 11 years old, like wondering, where am I, you know? Um, So it was really scary because, first of all, I don't know where I am. And secondly, it was just so many people in one place. And we are being... um, surrounded by fans and you know um, people with guns and you kind of feel unsafe you know and um, my sister and my other two brothers and my parents um, six of us we were escorted in a, like a small area of like one bed that we have to all share together um, so growing up it was you know, starting from there, it was kind of hard to, um, to kind of live in a condition that way. Um, I didn't know how long we were going to be there. Um, but were, later on, I realized or my parents told me that we were trying to get to the U.S. But in order to get there, um, they couldn't just get us over there. They put us into a different place in order to move us over to the U.S. So at that time, we didn't have money. So, you know, bribery was the way to go. <laughs> Um, but we didn't have the funds to kind of get ourselves out of there. Um, and we've seen other family do that. But unfortunately, we just didn't have the fund to do that besides just our clothing and what possession left of what we have. And so um, eventually, after two months, um, my parents were able to get us out um, with the help of our family back in Vietnam. And we were able to um, fly over to San Francisco, where my one of my relatives live up in Oakland area. And so um, that was my journey to the U.S. And um, growing up, it was really um, from the place where we didn't have much. Um, we literally in poverty. Um, coming over to the U.S., we literally didn't have any clothes, any possession. Um, so, you know, most of the stuff that we get was from charity or Um, from churches, our clothes, and things like that. Um, And then eventually, we uh, moved to Los Angeles, where my parents were able to find a job 
And at that time, they were in the older age of like 50, you know. So it was harder for them to find job and things like that. So they were able to find whatever they can get. And then my sibling and I would help my mom with sewing, um, you know, where you make like a cent for each piece. <laughs> it's literally like a sweatshop. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. You know, so um, we work out our way up basically you know we have one car that was really old that make noises each time that my mom and my dad tried to drive um you know we didn't have a big place it was just a room that we all kind of shared together um and we got used to it you know that was our life at that point um so the reason why i wanted to become a dentist was because um, of my first dental experience um, when I was in Vietnam with my grandpa. Um, he wanted to take out my tea and he was not a dentist. <laughs> he would just, yeah, he would like hold out this big plier. I swear it was giant from where I was sitting. And he would like hold me down and he would like pull out my tea. And I would just remember screaming on the top of my lungs trying to get away from him. Um, and it was a very so traumatic experience that it just kind of stayed with me and then I think just my own nature or personality I always wanted to help others so you know when I got older I got into dental school um, you know that's all I wanted to do was to help other people to um, not have the same experience as I did when I was growing up and I'm sure as a child being you know, at a refugee camp as well I mean, I'm sure the, the dental resources for you and your own family weren't there, right? I mean, I'm sure your no. dental, your oral health probably struggled as well. Absolutely. I mean, I was, I have a mouthful of cavities, you know, like my teeth was all crooked, it's all yellow, dark color. But, you know, I look around, so are so many other people there. So I thought that was normal until I got to the U.S. and everyone had white, pretty, straight teeth. And we're like, what is this? <laughs> Are they fake? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, how do they have such nice tea? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that would be that would be hard, and that would be a, a big kind of like transition to, to have to make because from just traveling from one country to another, not only do you look different in many ways, but just from the teeth perspective, that would be hard. And and that brings me to my next question: is you know you love helping others, and you've talked about that. Um, but in the book, you mention you know, several different things that people over the age of 40 can look out for when it comes to their dental health. And a couple of those that I really want to touch on that I think are common that we, we, a lot of us see in a, our practice is obviously bone loss, common, Correct. and the, the darkening of, of teeth. Tell us, how do you talk to your patients about this? And has there been a way that you've been able to kind of use this book in a sense to um, maybe also explain what they're what they're going through um, from a health perspective and how to you know fix and overcome that yeah um, so a lot of my patients over the pa uh, over the age of 40 um, they tend to either lose one two or like 
of several tea and they think that it's okay. And as they get older, they notice the change in their appearance. Um, like when they talk, you know, their um, face would suck in more and then slowly it's going like, you know, longer. Um, so, you know, the first thing they would ask or they would tell me is like, oh, I'm going to go to get a plastic surgeon to take a look and see how am I going to be able to make my face look better. And I would ask them, so when's the last time you've been to the dentist, you know, um, and take care of your gum cleaning and things like that. And they said, it's been years. So I was like, okay, so, you know, this is a patient where I have to start from beginning, um, talking to them about how, you know, even if going to the plastic surgeon to get surgery done on their face, not going to help them because they don't have the foundation support to help to start with. And, you know, a lot of plastic surgeons might tell them, oh, they need to do this, this and that, but then they themselves don't know that how important their own, you know, patient um, oral health is so important in what they're doing with their own plastic surgery procedure. Um, so that's where I kind of come about as far as like showing them like, you know, you can do plastic surgery, but let's see how we can help you take care of your foundation first. And, you know, I would have models of picture of things that can relate to them. And everyone speaks differently. They feel things differently. You kind of have to talk to them to kind of find out where are they coming from? Why are they doing this? How is it exactly they're looking to change from where they are now with after the procedure? So you have to ask a lot of questions. And There's some always of these, a deeper why to right. what they're just doing it to fix their teeth. There's a reason behind that. Exactly. You know, it could be because they divorced <laughs> and now they're looking for a change. You know, they're looking for someone new in their life or, you know, they want to um, they take care of their family for so long. Now they wanted to finally take care of themselves. Um, there's so many different reasons. Um, so it just, you know, whoever that come to you, you really have to um, find out their story. Like, okay, you know, this is this. What is it that you're looking to do? Um, and then really guide them to the process. Because as dentists, we know so much. We have so much knowledge that they don't know about. The only thing that they know about is, you know, cavity, you know, cleaning, gum infections, and that's it. But they don't really know behind the scene how their oral health can really affect their overall health, meaning it can lead to, you know, systemic diseases, heart attacks, stroke, diabetes, you know, different things. They don't know that. So it's our duty, our job to really educate our um, patient and explain to them how is it that is going to benefit them if they take care of it the right way. Yeah. And not mm -hmm. that we're trying to put plastic surgeons out of business. No, of course not. <laughs> a lot of times it is because again, when you think of your face and, and I saw the video, there's a video that Janice has that mm -hmm. she posted out on Facebook and it's also on the, the website for the book, right? Yes. And that website keys, is? after40.com. Okay, keys to a healthy smile after 40.com. And there's a really neat video on there where you actually have the pictures that you're talking mm -hmm. about. You show what, you know, the person who has the full set of teeth, what their face and their jaw looks like versus when they've lost all the teeth. And as someone who's not a dentist, that to me was like, wow, I've never seen it actually explained that way. So has that been, that seems to be helpful then with your patients as well, really resonating because you see Right. You physically can see the difference uh, and it makes a lot more, I think, impact than just saying it. 
Right, exactly. And a lot of us, including myself, we are a visual learner. So seeing that can really affect us in a profound way versus just talking about it and not really understanding or seeing exactly what it is. Yeah. So any other body, you know, if there are dentists out there listening, anybody out there who's working with dentists, consider, you know, checking out that video and, and look and see if there's maybe something similar that you can do for yourself as well, that you can explain these things for your patients, because just sending them a quick video via email, whatever it may be, may be a difference where you can really get them to see the difference and start really taking care of their teeth, which is ultimately, you know, what we try to do here in the dental profession. But uh, Janice, from a marketing perspective, because, you know, I am a dental marketer and it's something I'm really passionate about. How's this book helped in the marketing efforts for your brand and, and the brand of your practice? I'm sure you've seen some, some nice uh, rewards from that. Absolutely. Um, you know, as we talk about, Shane, that using the book is um, leveraging for marketing is a great tool to help our practice and our branding. Um, it helped me to connect with so many more people out there, um, not just in our community, but, you know, the whole nations and worldwide too, um, just to kind of talk about what's going on um, and really create that um, relationship and nurturing because the book kind of give um, people a sense or understanding of who we are before they even meet us, you know, like before we wouldn't be able to do that before they would have to come in, talk to us and then kind of get to know us. But as you know, having the book is out there and then people can actually come to our practice and already know who we are and we're able to connect on a more um, real, genuine, um, you know, authentic level and they know our story because in the book, um, we really um, try to be as real as possible, um, you know, pour our heart out there, um, our passions, our vulnerability um, and it just kind of creates this magic that when people read it, they understand and know why we're so passionate because of what we went through ourselves, both personally and professionally um, in regard to dentistry. So they have a deeper connection with us. And so, you know, when we talk to them about these things, I feel like it has more trust, you know, and they can definitely understand. And it's not about the money. Yes, it will have to be a change, right? But it's more about our passions and we were able to convey that in our book. So I think that it helped us to um, put ourselves in that position to leverage it, to get patient to know us and our story more before even coming in. And for those that, you know, um, have been with us for a long time, you know, but they don't really know us on that level. Um, well, now is the chance for them to know us more and really turn them around. You know, it's like, oh, I didn't know my dentist is like that. <laughs> you know, I didn't know about her story like that, you know, and then we would have like more conversations and that really build that trust and that relationship that um, my sister and I are looking for. It's kind of like one of a mutual friend of ours, uh, Dr. Christopher Phelps, you know, uh -huh. he's really big with Robert Cialdini and the principles of influence. And it comes back to authority as one of the pillars right. of influence. And that's really what you're creating when you mm -hmm. write a book like that in your profession is people look to you as the expert. And even though you may have already been and you knew you had, you know, from a clinician standpoint, you had it all down. When you have that extra you know, piece of material that you can actually show or you have or people hear about, it makes a, a big difference. And so you're spot on with that. Um, so with that being said, I know that 
there are probably some people listening to this now and they're thinking, you know, I've always wanted to write a book or even it's just mm-hmm. a book or something like that. Um, or, you know, a, an, an article for a particular website for, from the writing a book standpoint, uh, are there two or three helpful pieces of insight that you can give as far as something that you went through and what you did that you found maybe made the process a little bit um, more you know, easier? Uh, I don't know if easy is even a good word for it because it probably wasn't easy at all, but a little more smoothly. You know, are there two or three things that you might be able to share um, if someone's looking to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're thinking of writing a book, I would definitely recommend to do so um, because, you know, each of us have our own story and each of the story is very unique. So if you have a message that you want to share with the world, um, please do it because it's your duty and obligation to do so. Um, That's the only way to help more people. Um, So in writing the book, there's different options that you can go in doing so. You could either write it yourself, which can take time, (laughs) Um, you know, um, really kind of sit down. But um, we tried doing that and it took a little bit longer and we didn't have the time at that point to really finish through. Um, So the time factor was really crucial for us because we could you know, use that time doing other things instead of trying to make things perfect, you know, get inside our head a little bit instead of coming from the heart. Um, so we kind of struggle as we writing the book on our own. So what we did was we find a coach um, who was a producer and also she was an author of five other books. So she knew the process of how to write it so well. So what we did was that we got together, she did an interview on us and really make Um, the space really comfortable and she would ask us very um, hard questions (laughs) you know things that we never really shared before things that we never really talked before and really you know dig in deep into our story and really pull out those emotion and things for us so then you know it you know by doing so it was able to translate our passion our heart everything onto the page versus trying to make things perfect from the, you know, analytical um, point. So um, that's how we approach it that. So we kind of changed our viewpoint and that's how we went about doing this book. And um, for me, it was the best process because it was, um, you know, it was deep, but it was short as far as time concerned. Um, it allowed us to put a book together um, within, you know, a few weeks or so. And then after that, just the editing and polishing and all that stuff. But um, it was an easier process, in my opinion. So if I can, you know, go back, I would just say, find someone that can help you do that if you want to write a book, because, you know, it can help make the process go a lot easier and faster for you. <laughs> Speed up the learning curve. Hire an Exactly. Expert. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. And one of the things I'm sure you found when you first started writing it versus, you know, kind of just talking the book out is it is so much different to write down your emotions, your story than it is just to talk about it. And I mean, you wouldn't think so because it's all coming from you, but it is when you start to writing, you start to go maybe a more, a little more formal and it's exactly emotional, but when you're actually sharing it, that's when the good stuff comes out. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. That's what we discover. And we're like, no, this is not how we want it to be. It sounds so boring. (laughs) (laughs) Was so exciting. So what's next? Uh, Any, any plans for uh, the coming, the future? 
Yeah, I'm actually going to New York for this event that my sister and I got nominated for 40 Under 40 um, Dentist Award in New York. We were nominated and won in 2015. So um, they invited us back as alumni. Um, so I'm going to be doing a book signing event in New York at the end of this month. Wow, and congrats. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) And then, yes, um, I'm really super excited about that. It was a really cool environment and, you know, the community that we built together with these other um, 40 under 40 each year. Um, And after that, it just, you know, um, able to meet a lot of people in different industries, like you yourself in marketing, you know, it opened doors to so many other things and opportunities. Um, but the next step would be to build my um, dental assistant school um, next to my practice and then hopefully a front staff training um, school as well. And then maybe consulting and other stuff for other dental practices who might benefit from our help. Well, that is so exciting. Congratulations on everything. You are really you're doing some work. You're putting in work right now. And it's really li- cool to listen to and, and hear. And but of course, the most important uh, thing we have to ask you, you know, so where can people find the books if they, if they want to get themselves a copy, which I highly recommend. Thank you. So they can either go on Amazon and just put in my name, Janice Dawn, D-O-A-N, or they can just go to www.keystoahealthysmileafter40.com to check out that video that you talk about, as well as getting the link to the Amazon itself. You heard it, people. Go get the book. You got to yes. check this out. It is really cool. And I've been messing around on the website, you know, watching all the videos and researching and all these things for this interview. And it is, it, you really accomplished a great thing with that. So congratulations to you and your sister, who's the co-author. Uh, you both should be really proud and you definitely deserve all the uh, accolades you're, you're receiving. Thank you so much. All right, all you Nothing But The Tooth listeners, go out there and take action. If you've been thinking about writing a book or writing an ebook or even just a research paper, whatever it may be, put the plan in place and start taking action today. As you can see, ultimately, that's what it comes down to is the first step is always the hardest. You have to make that leap. You have to just force yourself almost to do something that you've been talking about for a while. And once you do that, once you actually start the process things start sailing and that's when momentum is created and that's ultimately what you're going to need to get this done. So go out there, put some of this into action and make sure that you follow those goals and turn them into reality. Now, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Nothing But The Tooth podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, let us know how we're doing. And if you are interested in hearing about a particular topic or subject, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, You can do so via review, or you can always send me an email at ssimmons at ssconsultingfirm.com. That's ssimmons at ssconsultingfirm.com. Take care, everybody.